Good morning. It is good to see you. And I don't know about you, but David's got my curiosity going. I'm going to have to find out what the rest of the story is because I have a feeling that little Drew maybe got a hold of some toothbrushes in his house. Are you wondering the same thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know him. You know, he's my grandson, so I, I, I know what he's capable of. And he's fully capable of, uh, of that, what I'm thinking. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about that. Uh, well, welcome to week two of our series, Frequency. We're talking about cutting through all the noise and hearing from God. And, you know, this week I was at the Sockham Conference where we spent much of our time and activity hearing from God, learning to discern what He was doing and, and what He is saying to us. And it's just an aw- awesome time. And, th- and that's really what this series is all about, is hearing God speak. Now, last week as we began, we started the Scripture in John 10, which says, I want to read it again from last week, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the, shepherd, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Talking about the shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's amazing to me. God knows our name. Our shepherd knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows where your toothbrush is. He knows all, (laughs) all of that. He knows what's going on. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of him and they follow him because they, they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. You know, sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. Sheep learn how to distinguish the voice of their shepherd from all the other shepherds and all the other noise that's going on. As, as you know, the other shepherds are all calling their flock, they're able to distinguish which one is their shepherd. They have the ability to cut through the noise around them and recognize that that voice of their shepherd. Last week we talked about that. We talked about the need to prepare our hearts, preparing our hearts so that we can hear God's voice. And we looked at four different types of hearts. We looked at the polluted heart. We looked at the distracted heart. We looked at the immature heart. And then we looked at the prepared heart. You know, and every one of us falls into one of those four categories. Now, if we want to hear from God, then we need to prepare our hearts. And we talked about how to do that. And if you missed last week, I encourage you, go back and listen to it. Um, There was a CD out there or through the the, the website, but but, uh, go ahead and listen to it because we need to have a prepared heart. This morning, we're going to look at a passage from the Old Testament that has always interested me. The message this morning is, He Speaks to Me. And this, this, uh, uh, this story has always been interesting to me. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And we start off with this. The, you can just listen to it. Um, I've got the reference in your outline there. But it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, the, who, who was the priest, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. 
Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And this is why this passage has always interested me. Samuel was just a boy. He'd not yet heard the voice of God. So when the Lord spoke to him, he thought it was something else. He thought it was Eli. So he goes to Eli and he says, you know, hey, you called. You know, wakes him up. You called me. You called. And, and, and Eli says, you know, no, I, I, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. It happened a few times. And, you know, see, he thought it was Eli calling him. He, was, he was, had not yet learned to hear the voice of God speaking to him. So he was... Uh, he, he was in a process. He was learning just as like, like you and I do, in the process of learning to hear God's voice. Much of this week at the conference I was at, uh, training conference, was, was focused on learning to hear and, and, and sense and pick up on what God is saying. I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice. Now, for Samuel, it was, but I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I've heard God speak to me, okay? Uh, and... And we're talking about that, and um, anyway, uh, uh, but each one of us learns to hear God speak in various ways, because He wants to speak to you, and He wants to speak to me. So that's why it's titled, He Speaks to Me. That's His message. He speaks not just to everybody else, not just He speaks today. He speaks to me. Now, I wonder, how many of us have ever struggled with the fact that God wants to speak to you? How many have ever struggled with that? Have you ever thought that, well, he wants to speak to everybody else, but he doesn't want to speak to me? And as we see in this passage, God is patient, and he continues to speak while we hear his voice. Let's continue. A third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel. Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Interesting story. God was announcing that he's about to do something. But what I find so fascinating in this is who he's announcing it to. Samuel was a boy. He was, you know, probably just about 12 years old here. So picture a 12-year-old boy, and God comes to him to announce what he's about to do. Not to some big-name prophet, not to a priest, not to a minister, not to anybody like that, but a 12-year-old kid. And that tells me something. God spoke to Samuel, a 12, uh, uh, probably 12-year-old boy, then he will speak to anyone. 
And that includes me and it includes you. God speaks to us, to regular people, ordinary people. You know, I saw that over and over this week in the conference. Everyone there had God speak to them through words of knowledge, through prophecies. And I'm not just saying somebody calling somebody out prophecy. I'm saying receiving prophecy for somebody else. Every person there, there were probably about a total of about 80 people there. Everyone there received, you know, was able to hear from God. Now, this morning, I want to give you five things just to keep in mind this morning as we're talking about God speaking to me, God speaking to us. First, a humble heart ushers in the voice of God. A humble heart ushers in the voice of God. And this is key. A humble heart can hear God's voice in a truer and purer way. You know, I heard someone call call a humble heart, said it was the prepared soil of God's voice. And I like that. The prepared soil of God's voice. And we talked about preparing our heart, the prepared heart last week. You know, a humble heart is prepared to hear God's voice. You know, Bible places a high value on humility, on humility, and that's why, you know, the Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know that part? Well, who do you think is going to be able to hear God more clearly, one whom God is opposing or one who is receiving his grace upon grace upon grace? Well, the one who's receiving grace, of course. Let's look at Mark chapter 10. It's in your outline there. It said, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. Now, I, I, I love this part because what parent doesn't want to have Jesus bless their kids? What parent there wouldn't have wanted Jesus to lay hands on the kids and bless them? You know, and, and, and yet for, I'm, I'm guessing it's for, you know, those that didn't have kids, the disciples, you know, um, were like, they, you know, trying to push them away, trying to send them out. You know, it says the disciples scolded the parents for bothering them. Don't let your, don't get, get your kid out of here. He's distracting us. He's bothering us. You know, and I, I can just imagine being in the place of that parent, kind of like, well, sorry, you know, and backing off a little bit. Um, you ever, you know what it's like to have your, your child, young child, um, hopefully young child, uh, not older, uh, causing a scene and being distracting, drawing all the attention and screaming and crying and all of that. How many parents have been in that situation before? Yeah, that's what I thought. When David was young, we could not go out to eat at all. At all. Until one time... He was probably two years old, and we went to Chi-Chi's to eat uh, on a Sunday. It was on Easter Sunday because they had somebody dressed up in a big white bunny outside. I remember that. That's how I remember what day it was. It was Easter Sunday when he was about two years old that we were able to take him out to eat for the first time without him screaming his head off. I saw that elbow over here. Brian, are, are, do, you, do you act like that when, when, when she takes you out to eat? 
Yeah, he does. Okay. It's screaming and, and, and you know, and it's like, and it's kind of like what he's, he's getting payback now because Drew is like that sometimes in a restaurant. He has the screechiest voice. When he screeches, it's like, oh, it pierces your ears and they can't always take him places. Anyway, I can imagine that kind of setting here, you know, and the disciples, they're, they're, they're putting, you know, pushing the kids away and, and, and all of that. So you're bothering him, you're distracting everybody, you know, send him away. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't worry about any distraction. Don't worry about the noise. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it. And then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads, and blessed them. I love that. I love that because it shows us so many things. Like kids are not a distraction. Kids belong in the house of God. They belong in the presence of Jesus. And, and they matter to Jesus a great deal as young kids, not as, not as um, just you know somebody that's going to grow up one day and then can get involved in the things of God. You know, the kids matter. But he's saying we need to come like that with that same kind of humility, that same kind of simple faith, that same kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 childlike quality. Never, an- never underestimate the value of humility, of being childlike. Not childish, but childlike. And if you want to hear God speak to you, we need to put away all pride, we need to put away pretense, and we need to cultivate humility because a humble heart ushers in the voice of God. Second thing this morning, every verse speaks his voice. Most of us have favorite verses. You know, some, a couple of mine, I, I love Colossians 1.13, I love Ephesians 3 verses 14 and 20. You know, most of us have those favorite verses, favorite passages that for whatever reason, you know, they really speak to our hearts or they encourage us, they comfort us, they challenge us. But every verse is important, even the ones we think aren't. I want you to look at 2 Timothy 3. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The number one way God speaks to us, of course, is through the Scripture, through the Bible. And it's, it's not the only way. There are many others. There's, he, he does speak to us sometimes through circumstances, although not always. Uh, he speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. He speaks through word of knowledge, word of wisdom, through prophetic uh, 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 uh prophetic ways or prophecy. He speaks to us in many different ways. Now, the way we evaluate is through the Scripture. If it lines up with Scripture, yes. If it doesn't align with Scripture, then no, it's not God speaking to us. But He speaks in all these ways, and you know, the primary way is the, is the Scripture. Now, if you're like me, there are many times when you've sat down with the Bible and you've read, and you've had times where you think, I read it, I didn't necessarily get anything. You ever had a time where you read Scripture and didn't, God didn't speak anything to me, right? Yeah, you know, we have times like that. 
But then there's other times we read, and we'll come across a passage that, that we've read hundreds of times before, and all of a sudden, boom, it hits us in the heart. You know, in our spirit, it just opens it up, and it's like, where has this been? Is this a new edition of this translation? Did I not see this before? Did they just add this verse? You know, footnote at the bottom, this verse was just added in 2018. No, no, it's, it's like, it's God speaking to us. And, you know, when, and, and you know, we just keep putting ourselves in the place when we're ready when he wants to speak, putting ourselves in his word that we're there and he can speak to us through any of it. It's one reason I recommend reading through the Bible systematically because when you do that, when you read through it systematically, you're, you're reading the whole thing, not just your favorite parts that, that, you know, it's like, oh boy, you know, love one another and, you know, love your neighbors yourself. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I love that part, you know, um, and, and that, but no, we read through the whole thing and that way, we're putting ourselves in a place where God can speak to us. You know, we, 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 we read something maybe we haven't read before, or maybe we've read it a hundred times, and all of a sudden, God is able to speak to us through that. Uh, had we not been reading systematically, we never would have gone to just that passage. You know, um, every verse is God's Word speaking to you and me. Third thing, we need to value His voice above all. Value his voice above all. Listen to what King David wrote in Psalm 19. The instruction of the Lord, instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise and simple. Talking about his word. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The, law of the uh, laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant and great reward for those who obey them. Talking about the value of the word and God speaks through his word. You know, perfect, trustworthy, right, clear, true. More desirable than gold, sweeter than honey. I mean, we need to really learn to value God's voice. And one way his voice comes to us is through his word. So value his word. Make it a priority. Now, again, he speaks in other ways, too, and we need to value that, and we need to make space for that. We need to make room for that in our lives. But let hearing from God be a priority in your life through the word and through other ways. Make space for that. Make room for his word in your life. Make room for him speaking you know, to in your life. Make room for his presence in your life. Make room for, for, you know, to get close to God. That's where Samuel was when, when God spoke to him. He was in the temple. He was in the presence of God where he spent his life. And the more we value hearing from God, the more we'll find time to get into his presence. You know, we value be just resting and being in God's presence here. And so often that's when God wants to speak to us. And it could be here in church. It could be at home. It could be driving in your car. You know, I'm a button pusher in the car. You know, I get that radio and I'm a, I'm a button pusher. Now, one car works great. You know, it's got satellite radio, so I can list, find, always find something, you know, that I like. And, and if not, there's the CD player. And if not, I can play it through my phone, you know, and all of that. The other car, I get a few stations 
when it's cooler outside. As soon as the weather warms up, the radio, you know, it's all static. And that, you know, and it drives me nuts. I'm a button pusher. I'm learning the value of just shutting it off sometimes and just spending that time in the silence. Silence tends to, by my nature, silence drives me nuts. You know, anybody else like that? You, I, I've always got something going. I'm learning to get quiet, not just during my quiet time in the morning, but other times throughout the day and see what God wants to speak to me. You know, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, in the presence of God when we just, we get quiet before Him, we make room for Him to speak and we're focused on Him. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the more we value hearing from God, the more you'll find time to get into His presence. And the more you get into God's presence, the clearer you'll be able to hear from God. See, we often wish God would speak more clearly to us, right? Often speaking, you know, God, I wish you'd speak clear to me. Speak up, I can't hear you. But here's the thing, while we want God to turn up his voice. He's wanting us to turn down our lives. Right? We want him to turn up his voice. He's wanting us to turn down our lives, to get rid of the static and to get rid of the distraction, all the noise going on. Have you ever tried watching TV and listening to the radio or to music at the same time? How many have done that? Am I the only one? Several of you, multitaskers, yes. You know, you got the TV going, you're watching a show, but there's also a song that you're listening to or something on the radio. Then, you know, all of a sudden, what happens when something comes on TV that you really want? Like maybe a news thing comes on. Oh, I, 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 I want to hear this story. So what do we typically do? We turn up the TV so we can hear it louder, all right? And, but that doesn't always work because we still got this other thing, especially once we're trying to focus. We've still got this, this other noise, a radio or music going over here. So, you know, what we need to do is turn that down, and then we hear the one more clearly. Um, do the same illustration when you're trying to watch a show or, or, or watch a newscast or whatever, and you've got kids in the house. As soon as there's something that wants, or you're trying to talk on the phone, Moms, do you hear me? You're trying to talk on the phone. As soon as that phone rings, it sends out a special me message to the kids. Make noise. Start arguing. Start fighting. Start asking questions. Make noise, you know? And it's like, yeah, you got to turn the one thing down. Turn life down a little bit so that we can hear more clearly from God. And that's one of the things that 21 days does. 21 days of prayer helps us to turn down the noise in our lives for a little bit and helps us draw closer to God. Fourth, share what he says. I mean, if God's given you something to speak, then speak it. If you have a word to share, share it. If you have a message of comfort or encouragement or, or, or something that's ministered to you that somebody else needs to hear, then share it. God gives you a word for somebody else, share it. I mean, maybe he's speaking something to you that someone else needs to hear, you know, but what do we do? We think, what if I'm wrong? right? You ever get something you think, you know, like this might be for this person. And we think, well, what if I'm wrong? What if it's not God? What's wrong with that picture? I'll tell you what's wrong. Why can't our default be, what if it is God? Look what could happen. 
What if it is God telling me this? What if it is God speaking this to me for someone else? Matthew 24, 14 says, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. God has determined that the good news of the kingdom be spread throughout the entire world. What is the good news about the kingdom? God has come and he's taking over. Now, who needs to hear that in their life? Some of you need, might need to hear that this morning. God has come and he is taking over. He's in charge. He's come to set up his rule. You might have friends that you work with or people that you know in your neighborhood or, or somebody that, that needs to hear that. God has come and he's taking over. Rather than being afraid that we might miss it, we should be excited that we could very well hit it right on target. Expect God to speak to you. I was put in that place this week with the, the Sockham Conference where you know, I'm put in a position where there's somebody in front of me and they're expecting me to receive something for God, from God for them. And um, that is not something, you know, other, maybe in a one-on-one -on -one ministry session or something like that, I, I receive things from God, you know, for people. But in a situation where you got a total stranger just, you know, standing in front of you and I'm expected, you know, it's like that was new to me. But you know what? God showed up. God spoke. And I began to expect that to happen more and more. Number five, whatever he says, do it. Let me ask you something. Is there ever a good reason not to do what God tells you to do? Is there ever a good reason to not act on something God tells us? Is there ever a time when God doesn't know all the facts? Is there ever a time when God hasn't thought of what could happen? Is there ever a time when something caught God by surprise? Oops, hadn't planned on that one. Didn't see that coming. Something that was unforeseen by God. Obviously, the answer is no. Now let me ask, is there ever a good reason to do what God says? Always. John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Should be reason enough, because we love God. And if we love our neighbor as ourselves, shouldn't we want to see God break in on their life and set them free? When you love someone, you do things to please them. Every single thing God does for us is motivated by his love for us. Knowing that, shouldn't our love for him motivate us to obey him? See, obedience is our love language to God. It's our love language to God. It's as we learn to obey God in all things that we learn to walk in the plans and purposes God has for us. Without obedience, we never fully realize all the plans and purposes God has for us.
But as we learn to walk in obedience, God will open those doors, and those doors will take you to places that you never foresaw or never imagined, but which God has determined for you before you were born. Samuel, 12-year-old boy who heard the word of the Lord, never would have imagined that one day he would grow to be a great prophet to Israel. He was just a boy serving in the Lord's house, serving the priest. But when the word of the Lord came, he obeyed. The, word, the Lord gave him a message for Eli, and let me tell you, it wasn't a good message. It wasn't one that he wanted to give. It was a rebuke, and it was a judgment, because Eli had time and time again failed to discipline his sons. And Sam, but Samuel was faithful, and he gave the word to Eli. And then we read what happened with Samuel. Verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. You see, because Samuel valued the word of the Lord above everything else, and he was faithful and how he, <clears throat> with how he responded to it, God honored Samuel, became a mighty prophet, of which it says none of his words fell to the ground. And then verse 20, and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The fruit of his valuing God's voice and demonstrating that through obedience, everyone recognized that he was a prophet of God. Bottom line today, God is still speaking. And if you want him to, he will speak to you. In fact, he already is speaking to each one of us. We need to tune in and make space for that. If you're serious about hearing him and your heart to obey, he'll, he'll, we will hear him. So let's begin to tune out the static and other noise and begin to expect him to speak. I want the worship team to come up. I'm going to get ready in just a moment and we'll receive the offering, but I want us to stand. I know we're running a little bit over, um, but um, I want to just take one minute, literally one minute we're going to take and just get quiet before God. And just listen for one minute. I believe he's going to speak to some people here. So let's get quiet. Our minute starts now. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Let him speak to you. I see him resting on several people. All right, minutes up. 
I want to challenge you and encourage you. Take some time out of your schedule, your daily schedule, just to get alone. It can just be a minute or two or five minutes, whatever, where you just get quiet before him and say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. And give him the chance. Let him surprise you. If you go a while and you don't hear anything, just keep it up. He will speak. We're going to go ahead and receive the tithes and offerings at this point. Um, as the ushers come and pass the bags, uh, you can put your offering in there. Or if you'd rather give electronically, go to our website or the Tithely app and give through that way, um, uh, whichever you prefer. Uh, also, as you uh, the bag comes by, put your green Connect card in the bag. Uh, if you are a newcomer today or you're just here with us for the first time, we'd like to welcome you in a little more uh, uh, special way. And if you would just take your card to the Welcome Center, this table right out here under the TV in the hall, and uh, hand it to the person there. Uh, we have a gift bag we've put together that we'd like to uh, give to you. So... With that, let's go ahead and uh, pray, and, and we'll uh, uh, give before we, we close. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you're doing through the giving of our finances to advance your kingdom, to move your, king for, your kingdom forward. And we ask that you take what we give and use it to minister to people, to touch lives, to bring your redemption, to bring hope, to bring life, new life. In Jesus' name, amen.